an incredible promise to sing as we begin 2022. Hey, you can have a seat, everyone. God's goodness is chasing after us. Hey, everyone, my name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here at CCV. And one of the honors of my role here is that I get a chance to lead and launch CCV groups. And the reason that excites us and why we're so passionate to do that as a team is because we know that your best life is always lived in the context of community. And I wish you guys could meet my friends, Mike and Lily Johnson. Mike and Lily Johnson, they attend here at CCV. And about a year ago, they came to me and said, Andy, we want to start a CCV group. They were a little bit nervous and a little bit anxious, but they decided to launch in faith. What was amazing is that after about four weeks, they called me and they said, Andy, we're not getting a lot of traction with our group. What do we do? I said, uh, guys, just be patient. If you build it, they will come. I hope. Well, fast forward a few months later, they called me back and they said, Andy, there's too many people coming to our group. What do we do? I said, keep going, keep going. And then on December 4th, just four weeks ago, this happened. Mike and Lily Johnson got a chance to baptize a couple in their group, Derek and Willow Hathaway, and it was awesome. Every single week at CCV, we have the distinct honor to take communion to remind us that God is for everyone, that his goodness is chasing after us, that he sent his son Jesus, who loved us, who forgave us, who, who continues to pour into us and then in turn sends us to share our story with others. As we begin the new year, I wanna remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul, who said in Ephesians chapter, excuse me, Philippians chapter three, that we leave what is behind and we press into, we look forward to our heavenly call that is in Christ Jesus. For some of you, you need to leave behind 2021. Like Jesus forgives you and he loves you and he moves on past that year. For others of you, you need a brand new start this year. And I wanna tell you, you can have a brand new start. You can let God rewrite a new story in you by surrendering your life to Jesus and getting baptized. We have baptisms after every service this, this weekend. And the good news is that our baptistry is heated. So there you have it. But for others of you, you simply need to lean into your calling in Christ Jesus and share your story so that others can find hope in their story. As we pause and take communion today as we begin the new year, I remind you that God's goodness is chasing after you. And in a spirit of gratefulness, ask God, God, what do you want me to do for you in 2022? May this be your best year yet. Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful for the year that you've given to declare your goodness to our family, our friends, and to this valley. I pray, God, that we remember what you've done for us and in turn use our story to reach more people and change their story. Father, may this be the year of your favor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
you see the world through the eyes of a child with wonder inside help me see the world help me see the world through the eyes of my brother through the wounds of another help me see the world perspective God help me see that there are no borders between you and me and give me perspective open my eyes and tear down the walls that I've built in my Between you and me, yeah. 
give me perspective Open my eyes Tear down the walls that I've built in my mind See the world through the eyes of our brothers, through the wounds of another. Help me see the world. Holy Father, we ask as we enter this new year that you would give us eyes to see our world how you see it the people that we see as neighbors or maybe even enemies you see as children, help us to see. The problems that we see as, as overwhelming and insurmountable, you see as temporary and minor, help us to see how you see. And Lord, most of all, as we look in the mirror, sometimes all we can see is our past and, and you see our future. Help us to see as you see. Give us a perspective for 2022 that is 2020 vision from your eyes, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome everybody to 2022. Anybody else glad to see 2021 out the back door? Can I, can I get a witness? Woo, that was a bad year. 2020 you, I'm not a prophet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict something right now. 2022 is gonna be a great year of good news. Yeah, you clap, but how would I know that? Like, how could I possibly, oh, some of you are thinking, yeah, you, can't, you can't know that. Oh, yes, I can. You can't know what's going to happen with the Omicron variant. You can't know what's going to happen in the midterm elections. You can't know what's going to happen even with your own health or the stock market. True. But I still know, and I know that I know, that 2022 is going to be a year of good news. And I want to tell you why. But first, I need to take you on a little bit of a time travel back to the year 49 AD. This will explain everything. In 49 AD, the Greeks were as interested in good news as you and I were. The Romans, the Jews, they were all interested in good news and they had a special word for it. It was this word here, euangelion. I'll give you a clue. When you take a Greek word and put it into English, the U becomes a V. See what word you come up with then. Evangelism. All that word means, kind of intimidating, all it means is good news. And this Greek word is made up of two little words. One is you, meaning good, as in euphoria. That's a good feeling. And angelion, you see the word angel there. It, all an angel is is a messenger. So it's a good messenger or a good message. That's all that word means. And I know that 2022 is going to be a year of good news because of what I know about this ancient world. Back then, they actually paid couriers to go from village to village and town to town to spread the good news. Not the Christian message. It was actually a political message and there were two people that these messages were about. One would be a general. So the general would send out messengers, soldiers in particular, and say, good news, good news, we won. 
And they loved these messengers so much that when a soldier came to town with good news from the general, he had a spear, they would put garlands on his spear. They'd put a crown on his head and they would sacrifice an animal in honor of the messenger. That's how important good messengers are. Now put that in your pocket, save it for later. The messengers were really important and the good news was only good news if you were on the right side of the battle. If you're on the wrong side of the battle, well, too bad for you. Now, I've, I've noticed that in our world, if good news is private, it can just be good news. Like, hey, you had a baby, good for you. Not good for me, but good for you. You got a raise, good for you. Not good for me, but good for you. But when the news is public, that is political news, there's almost always winners and losers. Have you noticed that with the last election? Some people were really happy, some people were really upset, but there's always this divide. It even happens in, say, sports. If you're a Cardinals fan, it was really good news when we played the Niner Nation. It was good news when we played, um, well, this has made Ashley really happy, the evil Seahawks. It wasn't so good news with the Packers. And the Lions, seriously? And we got the terrible Christmas gift. I mean, what in the world is happening? It's good news for some and bad news for others. You get that? When it's public, it's not always good news. It's good news for one side, but bad news for the other side. When it's with the general, especially, but it was also most of the good news of that part of the world. Remember, we're in 49 AD. Most of the good news was about the emperor. The emperor got a wife. Good news. Now we can have little baby emperors and the dynasty can go on. Not necessarily good news for you, but good news for him. Uh, good news, the emperor had a birthday. He lived another year, so we have another year with this emperor. If he's a despot, too bad, so sad. But it's good news for him, maybe not good news for you. We actually found one of these inscriptions because they didn't just announce the good news, they would write it on stone. They would put it on pillars along the mile markers of highways. And I wanna show you one of the actual stones we found in Turkey this is from 9 BC. It is about the emperor Caesar Augustus. It was his birthday. And here's what part of the inscription says. The providence, that is like fate, which has ordered the whole of our life, has ordained the most perfect consummation for human life by giving it to Caesar Augustus. In other words, he's like the perfect human being. He wasn't. By sending in him, as it were, ooh, wait, that's, that's like blasphemy, a savior for us and those who come after us. Now, it's ridiculous when we talk about an ancient emperor and say, well, he was the savior of the world. No, he wasn't. He destroyed a lot of the world. Is it equally ridiculous when we put our hopes in current political rulers? Oh, they're going to save us. Really? Like which one ever has? From Julius Caesar on, which one ever has? And what I want to say to you very clearly as we begin this new year, if your hope for 2022 is good news from political rulers or from social agendas or even from your health care provider, you may be in for another long year. But if your good news comes from the Savior, not someone else's supposed Savior, you may, in fact, 
be in store for a really good year. This inscription has shown us how the word euangelion, or good news, was used. What I want to show you is the very first time a Christian used this word of Jesus. Because originally it wasn't religious, it was a political term. The very first time was a young man named Mark. Not me, I'm not quite that old. (laughs) Young John Mark in the year 49 AD about wrote a book. And it was the first gospel or biography ever written about Jesus Christ. You know where he wrote the book? In Rome. You know who was the Caesar at that time? It was a guy by the name of Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Ooh. He was fancy. He was an emperor. And in the shadow of this world-class ruler, young John Mark pens a book about our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to show you the very opening sentence. Remember, in the shadow of Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, in the city where he ruled, Mark writes this book, and here's the opening sentence, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Now let me remind you this word Messiah, also Christ, some of your versions will say Christ, is not Jesus' last name. It is his political title. And for a Jew, Christ meant king. So it is Jesus the king, and all the Jews go, yep, 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 get that. And all the Romans, they got this, son of God. That was the title for their emperor, Tiberius, Claudius, Caesar, Augustus, Germanicus. So what Mark is doing in Rome, in the shadow of the emperor, is saying, I know you guys got your emperor, and that's okay, that's cool. It's like you got your emperor, fine. But we have a king of kings and a lord of lords. Mic drop, boom. Here's something else really interesting. When the Romans used this word euangelion, they often put it in the plural. Even if it was a singular battle, they would say good newses. Or even if it was a singular birthday for the emperor, good newses. Why? Because they knew there would always be another battle. There would always be another emperor. Christians never use this word in the plural. Because there is only one good news to end all good news. Talk about a little bit of smack talk right there under Tiberius Claudius's nose. Well, how in the world does that help me answer the question, how I know that 2022 will be a year of good news? It doesn't. But it does help me along the way. So what I want to show you is not just how the book opens, but how Jesus used this term, Mark 1, verse 15. It says, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So what we know is good news was political. That's the first thing I know. The second thing I know is the good news is Jesus. It's not just Jesus' message, good news. It is Jesus himself. And no one has put it more succinctly than the Apostle Paul. Now look, there's a hundred different ways that Jesus is good news. 
And if, if I went and told you all the good newses of Jesus, it would take me decades to complete the list. But Paul put it all in a very compact sentence. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. You ready? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, remember Christ is not his last name, it's his title, Jesus the King, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. That's the gospel that we preach. It is simply that Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead. Why is that good news? Well, I know that for some of you, maybe you're watching online or maybe you are visiting from out of town for the holidays and you just came to church with a friend or family member, and you might think, well, this is all just kind of you know, religious stuff. The idea of someone raising from the dead, literally, bodily, may seem like ridiculous. And maybe I'll have time, some time in the future to give a whole sermon on why I believe intellectually and historically in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, but there is impeccable evidence for it. For, for right now, let me just say to you, if it is true, wholeheartedly I am convinced it is, if it is true, who else rose from the dead? In the history of the world, oh, there's some myths and stories, but in space and time, Jesus Christ alone rose from the dead. And here's what I know about you, and you know it about me. We all deal with death. Just this year, my mother's husband passed away after 40 years of their relationship. It's very sad. I dealt with that with my mother. For the last few weeks, uh, my father's wife, she took a fall, she's 86, and it it put her in the hospital for nearly two weeks and she was incoherent for most of that time and we thought we were going to lose her as well. A few months ago, my, my niece, mid-40s, two kids just graduated from high school, she died of COVID. We have death all around us. And I don't think my family's particularly unique. You, you have your stories as well. But what if someone could actually raise from the dead Humanity's ultimate enemy has been defeated. That is good news. And the promise isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead, but at the end of time, if you put your faith in him, he puts your, his spirit in you, and when he comes again, you will meet him in the air, and you will be raised in a new body, an eternal body, in an eternal place on a new earth. That is really good news. Right on? But the other part of it is, it's not just that Jesus rose from the dead, it is that Jesus died for our sins. And again, that it's kind of a religious word, and I know if you're new to church, maybe you think, yeah, those church people, they're always like guilt manipulating. Look, I don't, I don't mean that at all. But here's what I know, that when God created you, body, soul, and spirit, he never intended nor gave you the capacity to deal with guilt and shame and yet we all do. I know I do. How do you overcome your past? How do you get past what you see in the mirror and what you, you know how you've hurt other people? And maybe you don't use religious words like repentance or sin. Maybe you just say, man, I'm, I'm screwed up or I'm, I'm broken. Maybe those are the words you use. But it's a common human experience to feel like we've really hurt other people. 
We've really disappointed God, our creator. How do you deal with that? The good news is you don't have to because Jesus already has. Like Jesus died on a cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven fully and freely. And you might say, well, my sin is too big. It's not bigger than the cross of Christ. My depravity is too deep. Nope, as deep as your sin goes, higher yet is the love of God. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That is the promise of the good news of Jesus and it's a promise for all of us. So I'm looking at the, at the sermons of Jesus and his very first sermon he dealt with this perplexing problem of the good news, particularly good news of your sin. And a lot of people think the good news is only good news for the good. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus' good news is not just for the good, it's for everyone. And I wanna read the passage. So he, he walks into his hometown synagogue and he had made a name for himself and all the neighbors go, ooh, that's Jesus. Like, Hometown boy makes it big, and he comes back home, and they say, would you, would you preach a sermon in the synagogue? Yes, I will, Jesus says. And he turns in the scroll to a particular book in the Bible. It's the great prophet Isaiah. And he finds the spot in chapter 61, and here's how it reads. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Now think about this. One of your own hometown kids is preaching and quoting a prophecy about about himself, that's kind of mind-blowing, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for prisoners. Anybody feel poor right now? Maybe economically, maybe just spiritually, you feel poor. Good news, the good news is for you. Anybody feel brokenhearted? Good news. The good news is for you. Any of you feel like you're trapped, you're, you're, you're captive to an addiction or a situation? Good news. The good news is for you. Any of you feel like you, you need to be released from some prison that you're in? Good news. The good news is for you. Isn't that good news? Actually, no. I mean, it's good news for you. But remember, if good news is public, it's good news for some people, but not good news for other people. Well, who in the world would this not be good news for? The good news of Jesus was not good news for Jesus. Even in this very initial sermon, the people heard this and they were furious. Who in the right mind would be mad about good news for the poor, the brokenhearted, captives and prisoners, religious people. Because what Jesus was suggesting is that the good news was for outsiders, not just insiders. It's what you do to go outward, not what you do to go inward that makes you a true follower of God. And so these people, they were mad that Jesus suggested that those folks on the other side of the track had just as much access to God as they, and they literally, grabbed a hold of Jesus, and they started shoving him to a cliff in Nazareth. And they were, I don't know how it happened. They were about to push him over, and Jesus passed through their midst. I don't know if he struck them blind or if he just, whatever he did, he passes through. He didn't die that day. 
But he did another day when he willingly spread out his arms on the cross and gave up his life for yours. That is the good news of the gospel. But that doesn't really answer the question how I know that 2022 will be a year of good news for you. What I've said so far is that the good news was political, that the good news is Jesus. Here's how I know that 2022 will be a year of good news because you, you will be good news publicly. See, most people, when they think about good news, they think about themselves. What's the good news for me? I won the lottery, I got a raise, I got a date. But for Christians, good news is not what you try to hear. Good news is what you try to share. And what I know to be true about this church, all of our campuses, all over the city, even you watching online, what I know to be true about you is that you are a people who love to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And just as the book of Isaiah predicted Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, that very same book predicted a verse about you. You want to see what it says? Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. And just like they honored the messengers in the Roman Empire, putting a garland on their spear, a crown on their head, and a sacrifice in their honor, the angels in heaven are ready to reward you. Your Father in heaven and his Son Jesus Christ are ready to reward you you, if you go out and share the good news. Paul unpacks this in a majestic paragraph in the book of Romans. Again, the very same city in which Mark wrote his gospel, the apostle Paul wrote his letter to the Romans. And I want to share a snippet from chapter 10. This is, this is beautiful, and this is about you. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Church, I want to tell you, this is one of the weekends. We do it pretty frequently. We call it a baptism weekend. And on every campus, our Our baptistry is open, and yes, it's heated. Our our baptistries are available for anyone who will confess Jesus as Lord, their King of kings and Lord of lords. Not an earthly emperor, but far above that, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and that when you put your faith in him, he will forgive your sins. And if you believe that he rose from the dead, and when he comes again, he will raise you from the dead, if you believe that, then we invite you to proclaim that. Not in a sermon on a stage, but actually in a reenactment in a baptistry. Earlier in this book, chapter six to be exact, Paul describes the process of baptism, that you put your faith in Jesus and you you lay back, you die, and go under the water just as Jesus was buried in the earth. It's a a symbol of your sacrificing yourself for him like he sacrificed himself for you. 
And then when you come up out of the water, you are raised to a new life, just as Jesus was raised from the dead. That is our promise, and that is the gospel in a nutshell. Paul goes on in the next couple of verses, verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're slave or free, left or right, tall or short, old or young, it's for everyone. And and that's why here at CCV we keep saying we're for the valley, we're for the valley. Because as, as Ashley preached in the Christmas message, Jesus is for everyone. And I know that sometimes we get so spun up in our relationships with one another. And some of you, we get it, like you're really struggling with friendships or business partnerships or other personal relationships. That's why the very first series of this year is gonna be the relationship equation. Come back next week and you will hear a series of messages on how to build healthy relationships. And the starting point is to get your vertical relationship right with God. And then you have the strength to have your horizontal relationships right with others. Paul goes on, verse 14, we're almost to the prophecy. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one on whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, here's the prophecy, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are our call to you in 2022 is simply to be a courier of the best news that humanity has ever heard. And and I know it can be intimidating to hear Paul say, you gotta preach, you gotta preach, you gotta preach. But remember, preaching is not, it's not like standing on a stage and giving a 30 minute talk. Preaching is, is more how you walk than how you talk. Preaching is simply good news. You do it all the time when you, when you get a new car or you have a baby or you're having a party. You share good news with people. It is a natural overflow of a happy and blessed life. In fact, I want to show you in a couple of very specific ways what good news looks like in our context as a church. About a, a month and a half ago, all of our groups got together on one day in November, remember? And we just did some service projects around the city. My particular group, we provided some uh, diapers for a diaper bank so no woman would ever have to worry that she doesn't have diapers for her children. Also, one of the people in our group was a retired uh, police officer. And he said, you know what? Cops all the time are running into homeless people. So it would be really helpful if they just had a ready-made bag uh, for an adult homeless man, adult homeless woman, and and a homeless child. So we put a bunch of those bags together. Some of you others, you, you cleaned up some local schools or some local parks. Some worked with uh, girls who were trafficked. Others worked with homeless. We did, get this, 295 different, not little, big service projects around the 295. So our city would know that CCB is for the valley. That's what good news looks like. A year ago, we were looking around at the mental health crisis and we're going, we gotta do something, what can we do, what can we do? 
And in one of the meetings with our team, someone said, well, what, what if we just like took an offering to help people pay for counseling that they couldn't get otherwise? So the discussion actually became a campaign that we called the Press On Campaign. And you guys gave, not me, not Ashley, you guys gave $2 million to this effort. And here's what's happened since then. We shared it with you before, but over 5,300 people texted help to 72020, and they got help. They got a call back, and of those that we called back, half of them, half of you, wanted to be connected to a licensed professional Christian counselor. 2,500 people got counseling that CCV helped pay for. In fact, over this last year, every month, every month, 1,600 counseling sessions that you paid for for people or helped pay for. It's extraordinary what a church can do when we get behind the good news. But let me be clear. Counseling is not the good news. Diapers is not the good news. Bags for the homeless, that's not the good news. That's an overflow of the good news. When people are saved, we want to save others. We want, we want to be helpful, but that's not the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose bodily from the grave so that you would have everlasting hope and help. That is the good news. So our challenge for 2022 is for you to be the good news for our city. And I want to be very specific about what that could look like. As a church, if you are one of our stakeholders, like if you're a visitor, we expect nothing from you. Not a nickel, not a minute, we expect nothing from you. We want things for you, not things from you. But if you are a stakeholder, you say CCV is my church, even if you're watching online and for whatever reason you're not able to come, if you say CCV is my church, you say I love my church, you wear the shirt, here's our expectation of you. And just so we're clear, our expectation is not that we want something from you, it's we, we want something for you. And what we know is those who have the most productive spiritual lives and change more lives for others, give to the Lord three hours and five minutes every week. Three hours and five minutes, here's our challenge. Three hours and five minutes every week. Hour number one, just come and worship. Not once a month, not twice a month. Every week, come to the celebration so that you can be inspired with the body of believers on your campus to do dynamic things as a community for God. That's hour one. Hour two is to serve, either before the hour you worship or after the hour you worship. And there's something literally for everyone. You could be helping direct traffic in a parking lot greeting along the walkway. You could be serving a cup of coffee or a meal. You could clean up people after meals. You could serve in our kids' ministry, on stage, behind the stage, in technology. You could be a coach for our students. You could lead a neighborhood group in your home or in a local restaurant. You could help with our business services in the middle of the week. There is something for everyone. So one hour of worship, one hour of service, and one hour in a group. Our weekend is designed for inspiration. Our groups are designed for transformation. And here's the best of all. You say, well, there's the three hours. What about the five minutes? Hmm. Five minutes could be between sets at a gym. 
Could be at a water cooler. Uh, could be over a cup of coffee. Could be texting with a friend or family member. But in that five minutes, every week, I want to challenge you in 2022 to invite someone that you care about to the church you care about. Invite them to one of those three hours. Invite someone to come worship with you. Invite someone to come to a group with you. Or in some, there are opportunities that you can invite someone, not all, but some opportunities that they could serve with you and get an idea in their own head that they could be vetted to serve across our campuses in a way that would promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's really pretty simple. We have good news to share. And as you share in that five minutes, don't just share an invite to come to a church. Share your story, because your story is the living letter that people read where they will fall in love with the Lord who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Are you in? Holy Father, we've had such difficult news. This past year has been full of it. But right now, we have control over the good news. We, 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 we don't have to wait for good news. We have the good news. Would you inspire every person in every seat on every campus and those watching online to believe that they can control the narrative and they can create a reality where a city in such desperate need of good news would be inundated with a church that loves you, that is willing to sacrifice for the good news just as our Lord Jesus did. Whatever you ask us to do, our answer is yes. Wherever you send us, our answer is yes. Because you are the God of yes. Holy Father, empower us with your Holy Spirit to make Jesus famous. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Happy New Year, CZV.